than a handful of nights in the past few months, always working late. The mangrove smelled musky, like an animal. The dark brown water pitted with the footprints of flies. Nathan started to whimper as he did when he was tired. She lifted him out of the water and patted him dry with a towel. He was already drowsy again, so she laid him naked in the basket in the shade. With a sigh, She spread her legs wide to allow the air to flow up her skirt and closed her eyes, waving a paper fan printed with, I'm a fan of Washington, D.C. Mrs. Kincaid had given it to her when they came back from their trip. Mrs. Kincaid had insisted on going with her husband to shop, and their argument had been heard clear across the street, according to Selma, who didn't even have good ears. Even so, Selma knew everyone's business. She knew when Mrs. Anderson's boy Cyril lost a hand at the fish processing plant, even before Doc Williams had been called. She knew that Mrs. Campbell's baby would come out that exact shade of milky coffee, even though Deputy Sheriff Dwayne Campbell had the freckles and red hair of his Scottish immigrant ancestors. Selma had helped when Missy first went to work for Mrs. Kincaid's parents, the Humberts. She showed Missy where the best produce was to be found, the freshest fish. People told things to Selma, private things. She looked so unassuming with her wide smile and soft, downturned gaze that Missy knew that those eyes were turned down to shield a fierce intelligence, and she had witnessed Selma's machinations. Missy was slightly afraid of Selma, which gave their friendship an edge. Selma seemed able to manipulate anyone in the town and leave no trace, had done so when it suited her. After Cynthia Lejeune criticized Selma's peach cobbler, somehow the new sewage treatment plant got sighted right upwind of the Lejeune house. It took a full-blooded fool to cross Selma. Missy sighed, stroked Nathan's cheek. His lips formed a perfect pink O. Long lashes quivered, round tummy rose and fell. Sweat soaked her collar. When she leaned forward, The white uniform remained stuck to her back. She longed to strip off the clinging dress and run naked into the water, only a few yards away. And then she recalled that there was still some ice in the box in the kitchen. No, the refrigerator, as Mrs. Kincaid said they were called now. She imagined pressing the ice to her neck, feeling the chilled blood race around her body until even her fingertips were cool. They would not mind, she thought would not even notice if she took a small chunk. There was no movement at all in the air. The afternoon thunderclouds were piled like cotton on the horizon, grayish-white on top and crushed violet at the bottom. I'll only be a minute. Inside the kitchen, it was even stuffier than outside, although the windows were wide open and the ceiling fan turned on. Missy opened the refrigerator, took the pick to the block. A fist-sized chunk dropped onto the worn wooden counter. She scooped it up, rubbed it on her throat, around the back of her neck, and felt instant relief. She rubbed it down her arms, up her legs. Then she opened the front of her uniform and rubbed the dwindling ice over her chest. Cool water trickled down to her stomach. Eyes closed, she returned the ice to her throat determined to enjoy it down to the last drop. Then, 
she became aware of a sound outside. Sam barked once, twice, three times. This was not his greeting bark. It was the same sound he made that time when the wild-eyed man had turned up in the backyard looking for food. Armed with a kitchen knife, Missy had yelled at him to get away, but it was Sam's frenzied barking that had driven him off. Nathan, she groaned, racing to the porch. At first, she could not comprehend what her eyes saw. The Moses basket was moving slowly down the lawn toward the mangroves, with Sam bouncing hysterically from one side of it to the other. She could hear faint cries from the basket as Nathan woke. She stumbled down the porch steps in her hurry and raced toward the retreating basket. Then she saw him. He was camouflaged by the mangrove shade at the water's edge, almost the same green as the grass.